welcome to the craft of living. I am Ante Yeronchic. So the other day, this must have taken place a week or two ago, I stumbled upon an interesting article on the Guardian newspaper website. And the title of the article is Moral Duty to Allow Family and Friends to Make Big Life Choices, says Cambridge philosopher. And then the subtitle continues, Self-authorship is a right, argues Dr. Farbud Aklagi. I'm sorry if I am mispronouncing the name. And people should make their own decisions on new jobs or having children. So this is a long subtitle attached to a long title. And I found this incredibly interesting because at first blush, it goes against the grain of what I'm doing on this channel, what we try to do in different settings when we give advice to students or family members or friends. We are constantly in the business of giving advice to others. So how can something that is so natural to human relationships, to interactions, human interactions we have with friends and family members, something that is so indispensable to the process of education, how can that be not only misguided, but also in some significant way morally wrong? Let me read you a few sentences from the article itself. It says, Dr. Farber, the Klagia moral philosophers, argues that everyone has a right to self-authorship, so must make decisions about transformative experiences for themselves. In a new paper for the philosophy journal Analysis, he argues that this right to, open quotes, revelatory autonomy, close quotes, is violated even by well-meaning advice from friends and family about crucial life decisions. Aklagi argues that it is impossible to know if a friend's life will benefit from a transformative experience, such as new job, the birth of a child, or a university course, until after the event. It is for them to find out, he says. Crucially, he argues, it is only by making these choices independently that we can know ourselves. So when I read this, I found this, as I mentioned already, I found this quite intriguing. What is it when we are giving advice? What is it that we are actually achieving with those well-meaning inputs that we are so ready and so free and so driven to share with our family members and our friends. What is taking place? So this article asks this important question, if perhaps in doing so, we are misleading people. We are not just misleading, actually, we are preventing something that is central to their self-realization. And I have to say that I agree with this basic point for three reasons. Number one, and I've learned this from Cal Newport, we are notoriously bad at explaining how it is that we have arrived 
at certain insights or competences, certain career achievements, and so on. We tell certain stories that try to highlight elements that perhaps were not that important. We are constructing a narrative that isn't actually reflective of our life journey. We leave out important information. We stress elements that are perhaps not that central and reduce the complexity of our achievements, of our insights, of our moments of illumination to a couple of steps, which in fact are profoundly reductionistic and do not really convey, do not really explain, do not really present everything that has taken place to bring us to the point where we find ourselves in. There is a lot of luck, there is providence, there are events whose salience or the salience of which we did not recognize when they happened, and perhaps even in retrospect, we are not able to give them a proper weight. So, we always, in constructing these stories, we always present a falsifying picture. And it is then sometimes from that falsifying picture, reduced in a couple of bullet point statements, that we give advice to other people. And you can see that all the time, right? You know, if you only do this, you will become resilient. If you only do that, you can become something that I have achieved, what I have become. You can achieve this particular goal by following these particular steps. And sometimes there is wisdom in that. But again, very often people are actually mistaken about the steps, the events, the insights, the twists and turns of life that have brought them to the place they are. So, Kel Newport suggests rather than asking people, hey, can you give me an advice about how can I become a better professional in this field or how can I get accepted into a graduate school of my liking or how can I become the person you are? Rather than asking them for advice, ask people to tell you the story, to tell you their story, and then as a sleuth, as a detective, try to distill and figure out those important elements and then appropriate them for your life as you deem it fit. So this is one thing that I think is very important and one thing that came to my mind as I read this article. Second, the author is correct in suggesting that it is very difficult for us to predict what it is that will give other people success, purpose, or meaning. We are all incredibly different. We live in different life circumstances. We find ourselves in different networks of relationships. We have different character traits and different personalities. Again, our environments are also different. And when you take into account the complex systems in which we live, it is very difficult to predict how certain actions, how certain initiatives will actually work out in the end. So I think it is important to keep that in mind. We can say, yes, I have done so, I have achieved this, I have acquired this, I have arrived at this point, but I'm not sure if this is really something that would be meaningful 
to you. Uh, and which brings me to my third point, the third reason why I agree with the claims that are being made in this article. And that is that we ourselves are notoriously mistaken about things that would actually bring us subjective well-being. I mean, we can think of many events, decisions, things in life that we thought would really make us happy, things that we believed would bring us to a higher level of self-actualization. But when they happened, when they actually took place, then we arrive to the conclusion, ah, I'm not sure, right? I thought this would be great, but actually it isn't that awesome as I have imagined it to be. So what do we do then? If this is the case, if we actually don't know what it is that would bring people self-realization, either in terms of steps or in connection to their individuality and their life circumstances, what are we to do with advice? Certainly, the article does not claim or should not claim that we cannot give advice, right? We can give all kinds of advice to people. From experience, we can tell them, hey, listen, if you want to achieve this, this is what it's going to take. Or perhaps in our conversations, we can ask them questions which would provide them clarity because clarity is often that is missing to us. I'm reminded, for instance, of a beautiful book by Parker Palmer titled A Hidden Wholeness, where in one of his chapters, I believe it's chapter eight, he talks about what he calls the clearness committee. It's a very interesting concept, and it comes from his life experience and from the Quaker tradition. And the clearness committee functions the following way. And he actually gives an example from his own life where that sort of practice ended up being incredibly important for him. So the clearness committee is where you bring a group of friends or people together whose judgment you trust. And the task of the clearness committee is not to give you advice, is not to tell you what to do in a particular situation. Their job is not to tell you whether you should take on a new job opportunity. Their job is not to advise you on whether you should marry someone. Their job is to ask you questions, clarifying questions, clearing questions. So for instance, when you are thinking about transplanting your family to another part of the country to take a great new vocational opportunity, they might ask you, why do you want this? Why do you think that moving your family will bring you greater sense of fulfillment? Are you really sure that the move will benefit your children? How do you know that this new job is better than your current job? These are simple questions, but they force you to articulate the assumptions that you have in your mind that are then guiding your decision-making process. And I can tell you, I don't think that I have ever formed a clearness committee, although I always wanted to. I, since I read this book, I always thought, man, you know, the next time I'm facing a major decision. I want to bring together a couple of friends over a cup of tea or whatever, and then we just spend some time, we spend some time in prayer and reflection, and then we are having that conversation. And these friends will not ask leading questions. They will not try to manipulate my answers. They will simply try to bring me to a position of 
clarity. I think it is a great idea. And I had some informal meetings with friends who would ask me those kind of questions or my most trusted friend, my wife, would ask me questions. Well, how do you know? What assumptions do you have? What are the warrants for that? What are the facts for that? And in many a situation, it would bring me to a clarity I did not have before. So my basic point here is that advice can happen through different methods of indirection. It can happen through telling my story to others. Hey, you know, this is what worked for me. This is what I have learned. I'm not sure if this will be meaningful to you. You have to decide on your own, but you have to look out for this pitfall and that pitfall. You have to arrive at a moment of clarity. Make sure that what you want to do really aligns with your values. Hey, by the way, what are your values? What do you try to achieve? How do you know that this is going to bring you fulfillment and happiness? Did you think about this blind spot? Did you think about this possible outcome? So we can give advice indirectly. We can point people to other experiences or our experiences. We can point them to certain wisdom traditions or insights from texts such as the Bible or other meaningful sources of information and ask them, hey, think about this. Pray about it. Take an extra week, an extra month to arrive at your decision. Would you like us to continue with the conversation? And then encourage them to talk to as many people as possible. So I do believe that we can give advice without telling them specifically what to do. Because yes, the article is right. Self-authorship matters. It matters that you make your own decision. They don't have to be original. They don't have to be self-generated. You don't have to create your own values. This is not about this will to power that Friedrich Nietzsche writes about, where we are creating our own value system from scratch. And unless I do something that I have invented, I will not have meaning. I will not have freedom. No, 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 no. You can align yourself with other paths of life. You can embrace predetermined social roles that enable us to actualize ourselves. But you have to embrace them. And on that note, I do agree with the basic point in Emerson's essay, Self-Reliance, where he stresses that very issue. It is not about originality. It is not about relying completely on yourself to generate good decisions or good insights or good ways of life. What does matter is that you make the choice, that you own it up, that you do not be a mere reflection of other people in the sense that the element of self-authorship and decision-making is absent. So in any case, these are a couple of thoughts on this very interesting article. I will provide in the episode notes a link to the article, which then itself provides a link to the original paper the philosopher offered. So I hope that this was of some use to you. I wish you all the best as you pursue the craft of living. Until next time, goodbye.